today in our readings, we see in our second reading from Corinthians, we see St. Paul talking about how God is basically giving us a promise. Everyone in here has been given a promise by God. And God is inviting us to trust in His promise. And His promise is that we can have eternal life and that we can begin to experience here on earth eternal life. And so, this this isn't an idea or a notion that we ponder in our heads. It's meant to become an experience in our marriages, an experience in our families, an experience in our workplace, an experience in society, and an experience in our world in general at large. A global experience, if you will, of heaven on earth which is going to be dependent upon each person's yes to God's promise. And God fulfills His promise through His Word. And so in our second reading we hear, our yes has been in Him. For however many are the promises, their yes is in Him. And he says, He has also put His seal upon us and given us the Spirit in our hearts as the first installment. So God's given us His Spirit as His first installment of fulfilling His promise in us. Because we can't satisfy the requirements for, 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 for experiencing heaven on earth. So we need to turn to God so that He can do that through us. And that's why our psalm says, Lord, heal my soul, for I've sinned against You. And basically what that means is, Lord, we've not lived up to Your Word. We've all here fallen short. And we continue to. But the point is is that we turn to our Lord Jesus and we ask Him to forgive us for when we fall short. Because see, when we fail individually to live out God's promise, His Word, His commands to love, then we also paralyze the rest of society. We're all a part of this paralysis. This inability to find our fulfillment because that's what sin is. It paralyzes us from reaching our goal. It paralyzes us from reaching the goal and healing and fulfillment of life in our marriages. It it paralyzes the goal of reaching fulfillment in our families. It paralyzes society. It paralyzes us globally. And I would go so far as to say it paralyzes us in every aspect of society. Economically, socially, politically. It paralyzes us. And so, Jesus is the eternal Word of God come visible to each one of us. Because Christ wants to reveal to us the truth so that the truth can set us free. And so, we hear in our first reading, remember not the events of the past, the things long ago. See, I'm doing something new. God's wanting to do something new. He says, in the desert I make a way. How many people feel like they're in the desert at times or stuck? Or you feel like you're in the wasteland. God says He's going to bring rivers. And then He says, you know, that... He formed a people that they can announce praise to Him. And so, when people see us, they hopefully start to experience a desire in them to do as we do. To follow God as we follow God. 
And so the church, the Catholic church, has been given to us all as our mother. Every one of us were born from the womb of the church, which is the holy water font. The holy water font symbolizes the womb of Mother Church. You know, just like a water breaks when a baby comes. Well, that's where the water, we are all born from the waters of baptism into this new life of grace which empowers us to live out God's Word in our daily lives. And so, the church is that light and that beacon to hold us into the truth and call us into truth so that God can fulfill His promise in us. So that God can do something new in our hearts, in our marriages, in our families, in our world. And so, this paralysis that we struggle with is often what keeps us from being free. And it keeps us from being free because we don't live according to that Word, that truth, that Gospel message. So, with all this stuff going on right now, you know, in the media with uh, religious liberty and freedom and how it's all speaking about, you know, our call as a church to be free to live out our teachings in the church through the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can experience the fulfillment of our marriages, of our families, of our society. And so these attacks that we're experiencing in our church now, and particularly the attack on wanting to paralyze families, wanting to paralyze marriages, and wanting to paralyze each individual. You know, and as I was watching, I was watching some of these, you know, news clips and things, and just listening to the, a lot of the arguments that are being presented. You know, this whole issue with you know, the government and Obama and this administration saying that this contraceptive mandate and this sterilization in these abortifacient pills are women's health care. They keep saying, everyone says, the first line of everything I've watched is always about this is women's health care. And if you do a little bit of research and you look at it, rather than freeing women and liberating women to be all that God made them to be, it's actually making women into vending machines. And if we look at and study, for example, I was looking up the International Agency for Research on Cancer, the FDA, the World Health Organization, the USDA, and the EPA declared oral contraceptives as a group one carcinogen to human beings. It's under the same category as formaldehyde and asbestos. And it's women's health. You'll never see that reported. You'll never hear that talked about. Women that use contraception four plus years, have a 52% higher breast cancer rate by the Mayo Proceedings, the Mayo Clinic. Five plus years more, four times chance for cervical cancer. Blood clots, high blood pressure, liver tumors, 7.9 pill-related deaths per 100,000 women. Alan Guttmacher. 
50% stop within the first year due to side effects. How many doctors assign the pill? How many doctors would give a healthy woman a carcinogen and call that women's liberation? This is not about, you know, women's freedom. That's the verbal engineering that we're hearing. And it's important as a church, I, you call Father, and I am up to here with watching my daughters be poisoned by that garbage. And I, as a priest of Jesus Christ, would rather die than watch my daughters be poisoned by that garbage. And we as a church, women have a right to know the last 20 years of studies about the results and the effects of what's going on through this. This is the paralyzation. This is what's paralyzing our culture and our world and our society. It's paralyzing women from being free to be women. Right from the beginning, the devil attacked women because women are meant to embody and receive life and give life. And we as men are supposed to be protecting them. This is our call. And is it easy? No. That's why Paul says God gives us His Spirit to live this out. The first blessing that God gave was He blessed fertility. And He said it's holy and it's good. Fertility is not the problem. The problem is right here. The problem is when I would say, can you put this chemical into your body because I can't say no. We spayed and neuter cats and dogs because they can't say no. Chemically and emotionally and mechanically, we are able to say yes to life and no. And we have to choose. We have to reverence and we have to respect that God's plan is in place for a reason. And as we have all sinned, as I said, we've all sinned, we've all fallen short. But I believe God's doing something new in the church right now. I see the church getting stronger. You know, one thing throughout history is every time the church experiences persecution, she grows stronger and stronger and stronger. And more and more martyrs, more and more martyrs, and more and more martyrs. And so, you know, we need to pray, and we need to fight, and we need to stand up, and we need to be honest. Yes, the church is never going to change her teaching on this. And yes, the church is inviting and calling all of us to step into God's plan and God's Word and God's truth so that we can be free. You know, if you, I'd encourage any parent here, go to Planned Parenthood's website and look up what they're teaching our teenagers. It is outrageous what they are teaching our teenagers about physical intimacy. It's outrageous. I was afraid to look at it because if I got caught looking at that in the park, they'd probably accuse me of, of, uh, of child pornography or something. It's ridiculous. And yet, you have the Susan G. Coleman group 
wanting to support Planned Parenthood to fight breast cancer, and Planned Parenthood's passing out the pill like it's candy to 13-year-olds and little kids, and that's what's causing breast cancer. It's a silly, circular, messed up, doesn't make any sense. And so we as Catholics have a choice to make. And I know a lot of Catholics, most Catholics, a good number of Catholics use contraceptions. That's not the point. The point is, is that we don't throw out the teaching and say, oh, we're done, it's impossible to live. No. We admit we're wrong and we admit we have broken hearts and we have problems and we have struggles. We're all sinners, as I said. Heal us, Lord. And we turn to God and we say, help us, God, to live this out. And God will help us. But that's why he gave us the cross, is these things aren't easy. You know, why is it that there was five STDs before the pill, and now there's 30-plus STDs? What's going on? Why is there a multi-billion dollar pornography industry? What's going on? These are the things that we should be hearing on the news. These are the things that need to be talked about. And these are the things that we need to bring into the light and start talking about. And these are the things that are going to lead us to experience the promise of God for women, the promise of God for men, the promise of God for marriages and families. And that's what's going to change the world and make citizens that are virtuous. And so we hear this idea of being paralyzed. You know, one in 14 girls have an STD. Don't tell me the pill keeps that from happening. That's encouraging this. And we need to pray and see women for who God made women to be. We need to defend and protect the beauty and design that God gave every woman and not pressure them with poison, with carcinogens. For what? Because the heart has to learn to make good choices. And so... In a bit, we're going to hear Jesus say, this is my body given up for you. This is my blood poured out for you. And that's what he's asking us to respond with. This is my body given up for you, Lord. This is my blood poured out for you. Help me. Help me live out the church's teaching. Help me to love my wife. Help me to love my husband. Help me to love my kids. Help me to defend them from this noise. And we encourage each other. Learn about, right here we have the Paul VI Institute, right here, world-renowned, it's all over the world, about how to live our fertility out in our, in, in our families, in our, in our sexuality, in a way that respects and reverences God's plan. Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. And so, it's a challenge, Lent's coming up. Crush the pills, throw them away, take the patch off, throw it all away. Learn NFP. Get in there. Start learning it. Start growing in it. Talk to your husband. And let's encourage and pray for each other in these times. This is a time to grow. A time to embrace this challenge. And not to see it as a curse, but see it as a blessing. So we pray for each other as we dive into Lent. And we ask the Lord for these graces for each other and for our families. And get the word out and talk about this stuff. It's important to talk about. It's nothing to hide. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's share it. Let's grow. So, my prayers are with you. Please pray for me. I can lift my mind if 
Yeah.